Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. I'm so happy that you're here with us. We've got a show packed full of positive energy and motivation and gratitude and all that great stuff because Dr. Walter Sims, the Minister of Motivation, is here with us, and uh, I'm so happy that you're here. Hello, hello. How are you today? Listen, I am doing fine. The only way I can be any better, we were twins. And thank you for sharing me with your fellowship today. I am just really glad to be here. Oh, we're so excited that you're here. And we I was on your show yesterday, and we talked, and thank you for that, and we talked about the power of social media. And I just want to reiterate that on, on this show, too, because you and I met on Twitter. And, That's right. Uh, isn't social media fascinating? I mean, you know, it, it is really blowing me away. Um, being in social media like we are, you get a lot of uh, people that are either for it or against it. I am a huge proponent of social media and how it's bridging uh, miles, you know, because they, we could have met, but through social media, it has really shrunk our world a little bit. And so here I am in Alabama, and you're in Maine, and it's like we've been knowing each other all our lives. You know what I'm saying? And so I love social media. And I love it when you meet people like that, too, where it's like, where have you been? <laughs> you know, like, I okay, know, right? I like to get there, yeah. I don't know. We're both 50 or so, and so uh, give or take a few years. And so it's like, okay. That's right. So the moment is here and now, and we'll and we'll and we'll go through life from this moment on, knowing each other. And it's, I love that. That's right. Um, I love keeping in. Yeah, I love keeping in touch with people and staying buddies, and it's it's really cool. So um, one thing that I do at the beginning of the show is direct people to websites um, because people are listening often on their computer. So if you're listening to the show and on your computer, um, if you don't want to do three or four things at once, um, <laughs> Dr. Walter Sims is at ministerofmotivation.com and also drwaltersims.com. And tell tell me what does the minister of motivation mean? Why did you why do well, you call yourself that? People call you that. Well, you know that that is a very powerful question. Um, I've been in the ministry now uh, over two decades, um, and my gifting is uh, the spirit of exhortation. And so when I began this journey, uh, two thousand late two thousand nine, early two thousand ten. Uh, I met a life coach on Twitter, and uh, she was my first life coach, and I was uh, probably in her top ten of her initial clients, and uh, we worked with, together for four weeks. And one of the things she challenged me with is how can you bridge or couple the world of ministry and the secular world at the same time, and knowing that you want to motivate the masses. And so I was meditating and I was praying, I was chewing, I was throwing things against the whiteboard, and the the minister of motivation was downloaded in my spirit, and I threw it against the whiteboard, and it stuck, you know what I'm saying? And so I shared that with my first coach, and she was so excited because she said that is a way that I won't isolate myself, if you will. And so uh, it was born that day, and so here we are. And it, and it's really true, though, too, in the background, you have those degrees. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because I think you have master's degrees and doctor, you know, Dr. Uh, yes, Walter ma'am. Sims. Uh, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes, ma'am. As a matter of fact, I was, uh, I was uh, in the neighborhood of the college uh, that I graduated from, uh, the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Uh, my, my vocation is I'm an electrical engineer. Uh, I got my bachelor's of science degree in electrical engineering. Uh, my wife graduated magnum cum laude. I graduated, thank you, laude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and so that's, that's my awesome. that's my formal yes, ma'am. 
yes, ma'am. That's my formal education. Uh, I have a master's of ministry degree. I have a doctorate of theology, and I have a coaching certification from the Tanoa Bond Institute uh, out of California. So I'm, I, you know, as my as my dad used to say, because I'm the son of a preacher, as my daddy used to say, I did get the burning before I got the learning. So I, I have the, the spirit of the Lord living on the inside. I love the Lord. I love the ministry, uh, but I also love people. And so uh, from from that perspective, I have a pastor's heart uh, as I coach my clients. They, they pick up on that special gifting uh, that I have, and that's why my clients really love sharing their life with me. I love that. Yeah, I, it's funny. I grew up, um, my dad is Catholic and my mom is Presbyterian. So I grew up alternating. That? I grew up alternating churches every week. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. I love it. And in the middle, smack in the middle of 11 kids. I know, right? Yeah, my uh, that's kind of funny. I'm the oldest of six kids, and so we're, we're preacher kids. So you can imagine mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the growing up in my house. It was pretty interesting. So we, uh, you know, I've just been around ministry my entire life. Yeah, did, uh, did you know when you were a little kid that this is what you were going to do? Uh, what, and tell me a little bit about the electrical engineering part of you, too. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny how all of that evolved. Um, when I was growing up, you know, it was everybody at my home church was like, you're going to be a preacher just like your dad. So when somebody is always poking you about that, that's the last thing in the world you want to do. So I literally ran from that. And so I was a senior in high school, Elizabeth, and I asked my dad, point blank, I said, Daddy, how does a man know God has called him into the ministry? So my dad, without skipping the beat, he said, well, son, when he does, you will know. And like, like, that's not the answer I wanted. But that was a very pointed, that was a very good answer. And so at the same time, I had to do a research paper for one of my science classes, and it just happened to be on electrical engineering. So I was good in math and science, and so... I opted to go that route. Uh, When I turned 50 uh, a year and a half ago, I wrote an article for the Good Men Project where I'm a featured contributor. And one of the regrets that I have in my 50-year span is that I did not get in this lane sooner. Uh, So my relationship with my dad could have been a lot better and a little bit deeper uh, because I just did not pursue that lane with him because I ran from it, quote, unquote. And so that's why I challenge people with purpose, find your lane as soon as you can. Find your lane as soon as you can so that you can really maximize the time that we have to be all that you can be. So, you know, that's how that's how it came to be. You know, how does somebody go about finding their purpose? How, how do you – how exactly do you go about that? Because I've, I've always I, – you know – I, I don't compare and despair very much at all because I've learned that just completely blocks gratitude. But right. I do sometimes wonder, you know, how some people just have it all figured out or it seems like it or whatever, and I'm still over here going, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I don't know. That is a great question, and that was really the uh, motivation uh, behind the, my latest book, Walk in Purpose, Grow Rich, uh, it's a practical guide on how to discover your purpose because that's, that's what I do. That's, my, uh, that's what I coach people in is, is bridging the gap between where they are and where God wants them to be. And in this book, it really outlines a litmus test that you can use to discover your purpose. And then if, if that does not work for you, Chapter 8 really makes it really plain uh, how you can find your purpose, but the long and short of it is uh, what masks it, Elizabeth, a lot of times, people that I work with are very successful. Just because you're successful does not mean you're in your purpose, but if you're in your purpose, you're going to be successful, and that's the first quote in the book. And I challenge people, and I was on an interview the other night on the Fit on Fit Live TV, and I said, a lot of people say, follow your passion. I said, well, let me let me push you back a little bit because just because you're passionate about a thing doesn't mean that's your purpose. But if you're in your purpose, you'll be passionate about it because, see, passions wane, purpose does not. And a lot of people fall in and out of pur- uh, passion, but you will never fall out of purpose because God has a specific job for all of us to do. 
For example, Jesus' main purpose on his first advent was to go to Calvary. Now, he could have been a businessman. He could have been a lawyer. He could have been a teacher. He could have been a rabbi. He could have been a healer. He could have been a physician. He could have been a life coach. He could have been a hundred things. But his main purpose was going to Calvary. And he had to die, was buried, and rose rising in, and all that good stuff. So a lot of times we fail because we think that thing that we are passionate about is our purpose, which is not necessarily the case. And so it is that thing that's easy for you to do. It is that thing that you wake up wanting to do, go to bed excited about. It is that thing that lays dormant in you a lot of times because you think it's so simple. But it's that thing that keeps popping up in your life. Therein lies your purpose. The late Dr. Miles Monroe said something very powerful. He said it is sad to be successful in the wrong thing because what a lot of people are doing is that they are climbing the wrong mountain. And when they get to the top of that particular mountain, they look around and realize, wait a minute, I've climbed the wrong mountain because a lot of times people want the sexy thing. And, and a lot of times your purpose may not be sexy, but that's your purpose. And if you fulfill your purpose, that's sexy in and of itself. Do you think people confuse purpose and money and success? Oh, yes, because, he, again, that that's the whole point of my book, Walking Purpose, Grow Rich. A lot of times materialism, success, money really mask what your true passion is. And I was on a reinvent yourself cruise last year, and that's one of the things I talk about is that you can't get caught up on that because I have a quote that says, if you want to make a dollar, you won't make a difference. But if you want to make a difference, you'll make a dollar every day in the week and twice on Sunday. So a lot of times we really need, and I challenge my clients with this, we really need to redefine what success is and what wealth really is because in the in the big scheme of things, at the end of the day, and, and one of the, the tools I use with my clients is write your own obituary. Because we have just gotten out of the month of January where we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s holiday, and we're in Black History Month this month. And so I challenge my clients, I challenge my congregation, I challenge my fellowship with, what are you going to be remembered for? We remember Dr. King's speech on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, and I've walked those steps. And we can recite that speech. And that speech, is Elizabeth, is only 14 minutes and some change. His, his famous speech on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, uh, I Have a Dream, that speech was given 55 years ago, and many of us can quote, I Have a Dream. Uh, free, in the words of that old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. We can quote that 55 mm -hmm. years later. Dr. King was in his purpose. So I challenge everybody. What are you going to be remembered for? And one of the tools I use with people, uh, Elizabeth, I tell people, write your own eulogy. And what will you be remembered for? And, man, Elizabeth, you talking about stopping people dead in their tracks because that makes you think. Because at the end of my journey, what am I going to be remembered for? And the things you're going to be remembered for are a lot, a lot of times different than what you may think they'll be. And having a lot of money is not one of those things you want to be remembered for. Does it have to be so profound, like what you're remembered for? Like, do we, you know, do we all have to be on the level of, you know, do Dr. Martin Luther King to make a difference? Oh, that girl, that is a powerful question. And no, and, and, and again, I'm so glad you pulled that thread because therein lies the issue. And I bring that out in Chapter 8 of my new book, Walking Purpose, Grow Rich. Therein lies the issue where a lot of people really don't want to pursue what their purpose is because it may not be sexy. Because when Apostle Paul, when he was on Damascus Road and he met the Lord, he was blinded for three days. And so the Lord sent him uh, to Barnabas's house. And Barnabas was his edifier, was his exhorter, was his life coach, was his mentor. And Barnabas had to stand in the gap for him. And go ahead of him and tell everybody, listen, guys, Apostle Paul is a new man. He was an, an antagonist of the church, and now he's a protagonist. And so we don't remember Barnabas outside of him just being a mentor for Paul, but we remember Paul is writing the majority of the New Testament. Many people, if you ask people who was Barnabas, few people really know 
what he did, and all he did was spoke up for Paul and be a, a, a press agent for Paul to help start his his Pauline ministry. And so a lot of times, no, to answer your question, no, it doesn't have to be prolific. It doesn't have to be profound, but it does have to be purpose. What, where do you think kindness fits into all of that? Well, you know, I'm, oh, I'm, you, you ask such powerful questions. Um, I have a very compassionate spirit, and I was just telling somebody this morning, I was getting some breakfast, I was getting my coffee, and I was just telling somebody this morning that people are my drug. And, and I have taught my son, I teach my fellowship this. One of my, one of my axioms in life is be kinder than you have to be because Luke 638 says something very powerful. It says give and it shall be given unto you. And so I'm a big proponent of being kinder than you have to be because that's really some of the fuel uh, for purpose because a lot of times when you're living a life of purpose, you're going to do some things that it's not going to be a press release about. It's not going to be talked about a lot because right now I mentor about four fifth-grade classes. That's not on a billboard anywhere. I just did a video that I'm posting uh, on my TV show Saturday night. It's not a lot of billboards about me spending uh, two hours with two fifth-grade class or fourth-grade and fifth-grade class. Nobody really knows about that outside of what I put on social media, but it's, it's no awards for that. You know, when you do something that doesn't get a whole lot of media attention, it's no awards for that. You're not going to get a, a parade for that. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. another quote of mine says, kindness is its own reward. Yeah, I love that. You know, we talk a lot about benevolence and kindness here on, on Best Ever You, and I, I, I always think people could slow down and pay a little bit more attention. And I, I started thinking that a lot. I've thought about that since I was itty-bitty, um, but I especially started thinking about that when I was an ad- as an adult when my father got so ill. Uh, my father, right. it's all in, it's percolate and stuff, but my father's a stroke survivor. And right. you, what he has gone through, no one should have lived through. He's fascinating. Amen. We call him the ICU warrior. But what people don't know is, like, when he's at Target, for example, let's just say he's out shopping or something like that. And my mom's nearby and he's standing there. Right. People don't because he because he doesn't um, act like a stroke survivor, whatever that might be, or you know you can't really tell. People don't know that he's basically blind. Wow! Uh, and, wow! Yeah, and he's and so um, he's a he's a fascinating man, but he has um, what they call cuts in each eye, meaning like you can't see out. There's no peripheral vision and there's no um, it's just tricky vision, basically, and it's getting worse. Oh, wow. But he can, he can wow. kind of still see. But when you're out in public, like if he's just standing there, his right. favorite thing is movies. When he's just standing there in the store looking at movies, people don't know that, that about him. You know, he doesn't have a big sign that says, watch out, everybody. You know, I'm a stroke survivor <laughs> and I'm blind, you know. Amen. And so Amen. there's no advertisement over his head flashing. And people are – my dad tells me the stories of people being so cruel to oh, him. Lord. And um, if you spend 20 minutes with my dad and listen to some of the things that have happened to him since he's been ill, it makes you just sick to your stomach. And I talk to me about that a little bit because I know you have a way of way with words and thoughts. And I think that happens to a lot of people. And the reason why that triggers it does, it does. what triggered that is be kind to everyone because you don't know the fight they're fighting in the background. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, and, and that that has really and it just gives me a little bit of latitude when I when I talk about it and kind of make it really relevant to our conversation. Uh, and and I'm saying this not for a any type of political uh, assessment, if you will, but Democrats Republicans have different ideologies, and when Mitt Romney was running against uh, former President Barack Obama, he made a statement that was caught on uh, on audio. And he basically said something along the lines, I only care about the 1%. And I sat and I meditated on that, and the Lord dropped in my spirit something exactly for this question, is that if a man does not understand or have been where you are, they don't understand or have compassion. So with your father, with your dad, if people have never experienced a stroke or blindness, they don't understand. 
And so they can't empathize. Um, my dad died two and a half years ago. Today is the anniversary of my mother-in-law's passing, and we are mm. in the midst of a family crisis right now. And as I sit in the hospital, I was in the hospital last night with my brother-in-law, and just look around at how, how the nurses and the doctors and all of the hospital staff, they are clinical. And so they, they, they care about your family member, but it's from a, a job position. And not necessarily that they, they have any lack of emotion, but it's a job for them to care for the injured, their hospital. And so a lot of times people, I want to use this word, I'm just coming up with a new terminology to talk about the, the, the uncompassion, the non-compassion that people show. A lot of people are just very clinical, Elizabeth, and not to mm-hmm. throw anybody under the bus. People just don't know. They don't, they can't empathize with you. And one, another one of my quotes says, Tragedy is not personal until it becomes personal. It's so, for example, the hurricane that hit Puerto Rico, they are still, the majority of that nation is still without power. Now, while we can send $10 to the Red Cross to help them out, our lives are still going on because we got power. We don't necessarily understand because we, the, the hurricane impacted us a little bit. We got some rain, et cetera, but we cannot really empathize with them because we got power. So a lot of times people, when it comes to compassion and kindness, they just really don't have that gear, and people just don't know how to have compassion. And I preached a sermon one time called The Passion, The Compassion of Jesus. We have a very compassionate Savior because the Bible said he was touched in all areas of our lives as we are, and when he takes our prayers to the throne of God as the Son of God, he takes it to the throne of God from a sympathetic, an empathetic position because he was tried on all points as we are. So a lot of times when people have been cruel to your father, they just don't know any better. And as a life coach, as a pastor, I really... Uh, get to convey that to my clients because a lot of times people are very resentful. I'm working with the client right now. We're working through some of that. And and I, I, I gave her a homework assignment last week, and she came back to me and said, Dr. Sim, that homework assignment was on point. I really saw myself in a different perspective. And so a lot of times, uh, to answer your question succinctly, people just don't know any better, Elizabeth. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have an answer for it either, but I, I we notice it and so forth, and it just sort of, you know, when you were t- when we were talking about kindness, it just it always strikes me. Um, yeah, I just I love kindness, I love benevolence, and it just some of the things that I've heard my dad go through and other people go through yeah. make me stop and think about how I really interact with people. It's made me really stop yes, and ma'am. slow down. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That that's exactly. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you one thing. I do. I also one of the tools I also use, and this is nothing new, another tool that I use with people that are battling low self-esteem, I get them to perform one, two, three, or four weeks of random acts of kindness, and I get them to perform random acts of kindness for either total strangers or their family members, and people come back and tell me what an eye-opening assignment that was uh, because it really opens your eyes to people, and you really see people. And another thing that I personally do, uh, when I'm out and about, people tell me all the time, you don't meet no strangers, do you? I said, I sure don't. My wife cracks <laughs> me all the time and said, that person doesn't know you. I said, well, they know me now. And she gets on to me because we'll go we'll go into Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, <laughs> uh, 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 Moe's, uh, 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 Applebee's, Panera Bread, and I'm talking to everybody because, you just, like you were saying a moment ago, you just don't know what that person is going through in particular. And I make it a point to shake people's hand. I'm a hugger. So I hug people and oh I look them in the eyes and, and I ask them. I'm a hugger. I literally look at them in the eyes and I'm asking them. I ask them and I pause. I said, how are you doing today? And I said, the Lord let us meet for this for this moment in time. I said, how are you doing? I said, I don't want no surface answer. What is that thing that you're going through right now? And I point, I point blank make it my business to really engage with, with total strangers. And you will be surprised how many positive interactions I've had just from that perspective. And, and I'm going to tell you another secret. It takes a moment to make somebody smile. It doesn't take a lot of effort. Oh, I love that. It takes yep. a moment. It takes a moment to make a person smile, Elizabeth. 
Yep. I, I love that. You know, when my dad was in the hospital the first time, um, there were two people from my social media who came to the hospital in Burnsville, Minnesota that I had never met before. Yes, ma'am. Just to, just yes, to, ma'am. And, and one of them, her name is Wendy Pett, and she should come on your show. She's t- so amazing. Um, she's a fitness okay. expert in Minneapolis. And, um, oh, wow. She came all the way from White Bear Lake to Burnsville, which, if you know Minnesota geography, you know, it's a trip. Right. And um, sat there with me for on two different occasions for a seriously long time. She prayed with me. She hugged me, everything. And uh, we've been friends for years and years now, 14 years. Amen. 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 I, you know, I was, uh, when my, when my, yeah, my, uh, my dad uh, um, had a massive stroke uh, two and a half years ago, August of 2015. And uh, I had really just started live streaming on Periscope and uh, a couple of my Birmingham followers, uh, came to the hospital, found us in the hospital, yeah. and uh, came and uh, visited with me and my family, you know, uh, during my dad's uh, ordeal. And uh, it just blessed my heart. And, again, it just, uh, just you know, just, again, further my confidence in the heart of the human condition, you know, because people people care. If you give people a chance, people will show up for you. You know what I'm saying? And especially when we are brothers and sisters in Christ, that just puts on someone an entirely different level as well. You know what I'm saying? And so I love social media, Elizabeth. I do too. The other guy, Scott Madsen, he came to the hospital the second time my dad was sick and we share this love of bingo. I'm an absolute bingo fanatic. I I mean, seriously, if I could, I I know it's really strange, but for my 50th birthday party, I want to have a giant bingo party. (laughs) Hello, I'll play with you. I love bingo. Well, I like, I I like Texas Hold'em and Blackjack. So, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. But, you know, he came all the way to Burnsville, you know, and he's like, my bingo pal and it's super funny and, right. and he you know is just a very sweet person so um where that yeah amen is right and where that shifts us to in this conversation sort of is we talked about purpose and we talked about passion and how those relate um but perseverance is a whole nother creature isn't it it you know it really is because you know the order and i talked about this on the other interview i had just the other night as a matter of fact and I talked about this in this regard. When you know your purpose, you'll be passionate enough to persevere because you're going to get to a crossroad whether you want to stop or keep going. But if you understand that you are on purpose, you're in purpose, you have a purpose, it's going to, get, it's going to keep you going because that's a big enough why. You know, because, again, talking about our big brother Jesus, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed three times. He said, Lord, remove this cup from me. But at the end of his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but thine will be done. Our purpose, our destiny, our destination is bigger than we are. And a lot of times what hold a lot of people at back, at bay, they don't feel worthy enough to carry that mantle. You know, if you look throughout history and people that have made an impact there was a crossroad in their life where they really didn't feel that they were eligible enough for such a large job. You know what I'm saying? Look at Moses. Look at mm-hmm. all the characters in the Bible. Look at look at people in history. You know, am I am I am I ready to really handle this? You know, can I do this? And it's a crossroad, and that's why I love superheroes, and that's why I love all <laughs> of the mythical stories, and that's why I love like the Spider-Man, the Supermans, the Batmans, the Iron Man, because every superhero is faced with his limitations, if you will. You know, can I really do this? Well, yes, you can, because you have the heart of a champion. You have a purpose, and you're doing this job for this reason, for this season. And so, you know, you you persevere because it does get tough. It does get hard. The phone is not going to ring all the time. The the assignments are not going to be there. The contracts are not going to always be there. But your purpose will always remain, and so you just have to be faithful. And you and I talked about this offline. You just got to be faithful. You just got to hang on in there. And I tell people, Every I tell people all the time, I may give out, but I'm not going to give up. Hmm. And ne- never give up. Yeah, that, I mean, that's one of our favorite sayings, isn't it? Never, ever, ever give up, ever, never, ever. <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever. 
just could do a whole show just saying that, couldn't we, for an hour so people would <laughs> say the same thing over and over and over again. That's exactly never, right. That's exactly never, right. Ever, ever That's up. exactly and, right. That's yeah, exactly and, right, sis. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's because in that moment where you give up, you never know what's going to happen next, don't you think? Part oh, of it, my anyway. goodness. You know, again, it. I – but that, you know what that you know there's a book entitled Three Feet from Gold and, and that's really the essence of that book. A lot of times people give up to uh, you know you may be on this journey one year, two years, three years, five years, ten years, eleven years, and it is that eleventh year, one day, eleven year, one hour where you decide to give up. But something within says, "Hang on in one more hour," and you get a phone call. You know, I'm telling you, if you if you email or call or talk to people or take a survey. On your, on your Facebook wall and ask people, you know, what was that thing that kept you going or when did you want to give up and you didn't give up? A lot of people will come back and tell you, I almost gave up, but I hung on in there one more moment, and in that next moment I had a breakthrough. So you, you cannot fathom what might happen. You know what I'm saying? That's why we live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight because you don't know what's around that next corner. You know what I'm saying? Because Dr. King has a saying that says faith is walking up the stairs without knowing what's around the corner. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and on that note, you know, all I can think about, part of what I'm thinking about is the poor Cleveland Browns as you're talking. I know, I know right? <laughs> <laughs> we talked a little bit about football yesterday at your show. So I love if you're football. I love Browns, football. College and pro. Up. That's exactly right. And y'all, y'all, y'all are a part of history now. They just finished an 0 and 16 season, so they're a part oh of God. history. <laughs> fascinating to me it's like wow oh anyway um just adding a little bit of fun in there but um that's okay, right so <laughs> you have this fascinating awesome amazing energetic radio show called the doc dr walter sims show can you tell that's our right. listeners about your own radio show because uh, and thank you for having me on yesterday it was awesome well, you, and thank you for being uh, a part of that. Yeah, we are. I have my own radio network, my own internet radio network that I uh, co-own with uh, my partner Juan Martinez. Uh, we're in the midst of just taking that to an entirely different level, and you're part of that uh, new growth. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesdays, from eleven thirty, eleven o'clock to twelve thirty uh, p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, I do motivation on Monday. I do relationships on Tuesday, and I do hot topics, celebrity news, uh, with another one of my friends on Wednesdays. And it is helping. It's allowing me to meet a lot of different people. I have a podcast. If you don't catch me live, uh, I have a pod. Uh, I have excerpts of the interview uh, on my iTunes channel, and it's bit.ly/docitunes. And so you can listen to some of the previous interviews uh, on iTunes. And uh, it's just, again, it's allowing me to meet a lot of people. I had Olivia Ty on there a couple of weeks ago. She was the American Idol uh, contestant in 2016. She's won Taiwan Idol. Uh, she's a megastar. I had you on last week, and you have this humongous following. I have Marquise uh, Ogden is going to be on there Monday. Uh, I have my mentor that uh, we part of three months tea. He's going to be on there in two weeks. And so it's just another vehicle that I'm meeting a whole lot of people. I go to different uh, events where I can cover for the radio uh, network. We were at Summit Live last year. We were at the NAV show, uh, the National Association of Broadcasters event last April. And so it's just another avenue uh, to allow me to meet a lot of different people and uh, another avenue for me to run my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I love to talk. I love to talk. And as you should, because you're great at it, and uh, we love to listen. So it's a perfect match. Um, oh, you thank also, you. <laughs> it is. And you also can, um, if you're listening and want to join Dr. Walter Sims' Motivation Zone, you have this whole thing online. Tell us about that, because that's pretty fun. I, I like hanging yeah. out online with people, you know, that are kind of in that same positive energy mode. That's exactly right. You know, I uh, one of the, you know, I, I use this. Um, if we want Steve Harvey, but a lot of people say, you know, Steve Harvey and I could double. And uh, yeah. so I love Steve Harvey, and he hosts Family Feud. And so what I've been telling people lately is if we surveyed 
that we were on the Steve Harvey Family Feud show, and one of the questions was the top five answers are on the board. What would be the top reason people don't work with a life coach? And the number one answer would be out of 100 people surveyed, the number one answer would be, well, we can't afford it. Well, the whole the whole point of the matter is you really can't afford not to have somebody to help you figure this thing out called life. But people say, I, well, I can't afford it. I said, well, I've taken that variable away. For only $37 a month, you get three things. You're going to get a copy of my new book, Walking Purpose, Go Rich. You're going to get a weekly email from me that has an audio or video in it. And I'm going through the secret sauce series, the secret ingredients to a successful life. Boy, that stuff is good. Uh, and then thirdly, once a month, the last Wednesday of the month, I'm going to do some, some live coaching, a group coaching on Facebook Live in my secret group, uh, Living on Purpose Coaching. And from that cluster of people, I want to – I'm going to handpick one person, and we're going to do some power coaching. So I only want 300 people. I only want 300 people in the motivation zone because I want 300 people, like-minded people, that want to improve their life. And so we're well on our way to get that number, and uh, the numbers are growing. And I want you, 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 and you a part of that because, like you just said, it's good to be part a part of something that's growing – something where I can help sharpen my piece of iron, and I'm around other people that's got their notebooks out, their pens out, and they want to do better. I'm doing, a, um, I'm doing challenges on Facebook Live every day at 12 noon, uh, pointing people to the Motivation Zone, and I do motivation at 12 noon every day on Facebook Live on my personal page, and the, the, the challenge we're going through for the last couple of weeks is the life change challenge. What are you doing to move the needle in your life? And the way that you get to look at the Motivation Zone to see if you want to join is drwalksense.com slash mo-zone. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's only like $1.20 a day. It's $37 a month. We blow that without even thinking about it. A cup of Starbucks that I like is $2.57 a day. And I get a cup of coffee every day. A shameless, uh, just, 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 I don't get paid by Starbucks, but I love Starbucks coffee. A venti blonde every day, and I save room for cream and sugar. So that's my guilty pleasure. So I love Starbucks coffee. But that's two dollars and sixty-seven cents. But to be part of the motivation zone, where you can sharpen your piece of iron, is only a dollar and twenty cents a day. Good. Yeah. No, it's great. I don't know of very many successful people that don't have a coach of some kind. Hello. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And whatever you define success, whether you're just need you know a little bit of advice and you're stuck. For a second or two or, you know, whatever it is. But um, most people have some type of person behind them that maybe isn't necessarily giving them advice, but maybe a different way to look at things. Because um, That's exactly people, right. What is life coaching to you? Like if, if somebody says, yeah, I'd like to hire you as a life coach, what's your take on life coaching? Well, you know, uh, a lot of people, I mean, people ask me that all the time. And, and the simplest way that I put it, and people love this perspective, is that therapy looks back from where you were to how you get where you are. And what life coaching does, life coaching takes where you are and helps you get where you want to go. You know what I'm saying? And so a life coach is somebody that has been there, done that, has the T-shirt, has the shoes, has the pen, has the piece of paper, piece of paper and is going to ask you questions to help you think about something you haven't thought about. Just like you very eloquently said just a moment ago, gives you a different perspective. I remember one of my coaches uh, a few years ago said something after she had worked with me for 12 weeks. And she said, Dr. Sims, my, my situation, my condition has not changed, but my attitude has. And everything is all about attitude. And attitude is simply defined is how you you decide to look at a particular thing, whether you're going to look at it positively, whether you're going to look at it negatively, whether you're going to look at it objectively, or whether you're going to look at it subjectively. It's all about how you look at, a, at, at your situation. Perspective is everything. And so as a life coach, we help shift perspectives. And I've, I've done some groups of life coaching before, and usually what it is is it's groups of people that want to lose 20, pound, 20 to 50 pounds or more. And when I pull people into those groups, um, the, the, what people view as success is all over the map with the people. Have you noticed that? It's, it's what you make of it. It's what you take from it. It's what you do with it. It's, what, you know, it's so the, what people get from 
those interactions is all different. You know, exactly right. And, and, and again, it boils down to what you're looking for. Um, I, I asked that question yesterday. I asked that question yesterday uh, while I was at the gym. I was on the treadmill, and I was doing my live broadcast on Periscope, and I said what you have to decide at the end of the day is what do you want? And, and as a life coach, I ask people that question, and Elizabeth, you would be surprised how many people don't even know what they want out of life. And so if you don't know what, what you want, how can you legitimately complain about what you have if you don't know what you want? Because what you have may be exactly that thing that you're looking for. You never know. And so asking people those type of very pointed questions really get people to stop and think about different things. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. it helps them really articulate, well, what do I really want? Because a lot of people don't know. And that's what uh, coaches bring to the table is asking you those tough questions that you really have to stop and think about. And I tell people all the time, you got to do some work. And a life coach is going to help you do some work. And if you're not going to do the work, a life coach really is not going to do you much good. And I don't care if you're working with Tony Robbins, one of the best coaches to ever coach the game of coaching. You know, I don't care if you get Les Brown. I don't care if you get, can get Oprah Winfrey on your team. But if you're not willing to do the work and actually change, you can buy the best program in the world and it's not going to do you any good. And one of the quotes I put out two weeks ago says, life-changing moments don't happen because you know, but life-changing moments happen because you act on what you knew. Yeah. That's action. And action. <laughs> you got to take action, you know. You got to take action. At the end of the day, as Nike says, you have to just do it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Now, um, what do you think? What do you think gets in the way of people um, from from their purpose, Ooh. maybe their passion, maybe their perseverance? What 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 stops people or hinders people or slows people down? Oh, girl, you, girl, you are, you, oh, that's a powerful question. And, and the, the, the long and short of it is, is, is a four letter word, F-E-A-R. Fear is a monster. I, I don't know if you're a big movie buff. I love movies. I have movie Tourette's and I have musical Tourette's. I love movies. The movie is, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. They just redid it and they brought it up to date. But Pennywise the Clown represents Fear. Fear is a monster. If you think that clown was frightening, that's what fear is. And fear stops a lot of people from doing that thing that they've been called to do, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of success, the fear of the unknown, procrastination, uh, perfectionism. Um, um, it's so many things that stop people from doing it. And that's what makes people quit is fear because you know, a lot of people are afraid that it won't happen. But then again, a lot of people are afraid, well, what if it does happen? You know, and fear, <laughs> man, fear fear will suck the life out of your dreams and your your aspirations and your purpose. Fear fear is a beast. Fear is a beast. You know, a lot of people talk about fear is false evidence appearing real, but fear is real. Fear is a beast, and we don't even have time to go into that. You won't have to bring me back, and we need to talk about fear because <laughs> fear, fear is yeah. a beast. Do you hear? Fear is an 800-pound beast that needs to be fed, and a lot of people are feeding it. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing that. I'm bringing you back because we've only got about a minute and a half to go here. But we're going to do a whole show on fear. Um, yes, ma'am. Because, you know, that, that's going to be our follow-up because I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I, yeah, just remember we said that, and we'll follow up and do another show completely on fear. We'll talk a whole hour about fear. Can we do that? Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah, ma'am. I'm all aboard. I'm all for that. I haven't seen it yet because of the creepy clown. I <laughs> fear the clown. I know, right? I know, oh, right? Yeah. I know. It yeah. was, uh, yeah, I a lot of you. people, a lot of people, a lot of people hate clowns for, for that very reason. But it was, <laughs> it's a good movie because it's, it's all about fear, and it's, it's fear. good in that perspective. Yeah. All right. So what's next for you? What's, what's going on in your world? What, what are some of your goals? What are you doing? Because you are on a roll. Oh, well, you know what? I'm really excited, and, and I'm just on the cusp 
of a lot of things breaking forth. Um, I, like I said, I got uh, Marquise uh, Ogden on my show next week. Uh, we're going to talk offline about doing some things. Um, I'm, I want my radio show to become syndicated. I have a television show uh, here locally that's on the ABC affiliate. Uh, I've written my fourth book. I'm going to do a book tour with that. Um, I'm my speaking circuit. I really want to get going in that with that. And so we just got so many things going on and, and I'm pushing uh, toward becoming a household name. You know what I'm saying? And so Love I just it. thank God uh, for that. You know what I'm saying? And so those are some of the things that I have uh, on my heart and on my mind that I want to do. That's the next level for me. You know what I'm saying? And I, and meeting you as a part of that. And so that's why I believe in, in really being in, your right lane because it allows you to meet those people that you need to meet. Total. Couldn't have said that more. It's so much fun to, to meet people with the, the energy and the motivation and the direction and the discipline and character and integrity. I could go on and on with the words and, and, and uh, no fear. <laughs> no fear. No, none. no fear. No fear. Yeah. Um, all right. Before we go, where um, tell us your websites again and where people can reach you. Cause I thought that was really cool how you ended your show yesterday. So I'm going to learn because that's one of the things I love to do. I am a lifelong learner. And when somebody does something cool, um, I make no bones about it and saying, you know, I'm going to copy that. So I'm copying you. Amen. Tell us- <laughs> <laughs> that's, I do the same thing, do a cut and paste. And I love, I love the form that you sent me. And so I'm going to be cutting pasting Good. from that form that you sent me. That was excellent. Um, real quick, all they have to do is just go to drwaltersims.com. Just go to drwaltersims.com. Uh, and I'm Googleicious. I just told some college students that I'm Googleicious. So it's Walter Sims. And I'm on Instagram, Dr. Walter Sims. All social media outlets, Dr. Walter Sims. And uh, they can find me there. I'm easy peasy. Uh, find me on Twitter, Dr. Walter Sims. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, get in touch with me there. If you want to sign up for the Motivation Zone, drwalterscents.com slash Modash Zone. And uh, we, I'm telling you, you become a part of what I'm doing, and uh, you're going to be blessed by it. And lives are changing. Uh, people tell me all the time, Dr. Sims, I saw you on Facebook. Dr. Sims, I saw you on Instagram. Dr. Sims, I saw you here. Dr. Sims, I saw you there. Dr. Sims, I just love you. Dr. Sims, I remember that. <laughs> Real quickly, a it. little girl told me several years ago, she's like she's like a grown woman now. I think she's like 22, 23 now. And when she said she fell in love with me when she was five years old, and she could tell me what I preached about eight years ago. That blew my mind. That literally blew my mind. And I said, she almost made me start crying. She said, don't, don't cry, Dr. Sam, but you're my favorite preacher. <laughs> I love that. But that's, that's what matters. That's like that person you, know, you come in contact the with the who day, matters your whole life. You know, at, yep. at the end no, of I the do. day, Elizabeth, at the end of the day, you know? Yep. I do, I do know. Okay, before we go, one more thing. Could you please Tell us, if, if you want to, about your wife and family, because I don't know about you, but my support system is my rock, and my husband of 20 years is just amazing and fascinating in so many different ways, and I couldn't do a lot of the things that I do with, without him and my kids. How about you? Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, I've been, uh, have a wife, Stephanie. Uh, we've been married uh, 26 years. I have two sons, uh, Jonathan Jordan, 22, 21. Jonathan goes to Auburn. Jordan goes to Alabama. Uh, we're here uh, visiting uh, my brother-in-law. Uh, his wife was in a tragic uh, car accident on Friday, and so we, uh, we're here to support uh, him and his family. And so just uh, keep us lifted up in your prayers. And uh, today marks the anniversary, the one-year anniversary of my mother-in-law's passing. And so, you know, uh, I sent out a family text this morning just encouraging my sons and my wife and just sharing with them how blessed I am uh, to be the husband uh, and the father, you know, and I just thank God for them. And uh, so just keep us lifted up in prayers. And, and I was just sharing last night uh, uh, a co-worker of my brother-in-law and his wife. She's a worship leader, came by, had prayer with him, and she just picked up on my spirit because he told her I was a pastor. And so she just gravitated toward me, and we just started praising the Lord. And I said, during times like these, it's good to have a relationship with the Lord because he's sort of like our shock absorbers because life is shocking. 
but God is our shock absorber. You know what I'm saying? And so it's just, it, like you said, your support system is everything. And I thank God for that family unit, that family element, because at the end of the day, when you don't have anything else, you have family. And I just thank God for that. And I thank God that I can add you to my family unit now. And uh, so you can't get rid of me now. You can't get rid of me now if you wanted to. <laughs> I can tell you, you the same thing, so you're me, stuck with me. I know, right? If you, if, you, if you tried to get rid of me now, you would have a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to, I said to my husband. I'm like, you know, he's the coolest thing. I, and, and I'm like, he, he doesn't know yet, but he's got, he's got a, another <laughs> husband, four kids, a dog, and three cats. <laughs> Are now more family. Amen. So Amen. I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> well, anyway. I, again, I want to thank you for having yeah, me, and you. I just really appreciate you, and I just many blessings upon everything that you're doing. Oh, and blessings to you, and we will definitely keep you and your family in our thoughts and prayers and, and love wishes and all that good stuff because that that's tough stuff, and and um, I appreciate you being on, on here today with all of that going on, and um Especially, um, it's, it's interesting that this is the anniversary. Um, That's exactly of, right. Amen. It's an interesting thing, huh? All right. Yes, ma'am. Well, lots of love. Lots of love to everybody. And thank you so much for listening. And thank you for being here today. Thank you for your time, your energy, your information, and everything. We just really appreciate you being here with us today. And um, yes, I hope ma'am. Wendy Pet. I hope Wendy Pet listens to this because you're going to love her. You're really hey, man. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm make sure make sure you give me. Uh, yes, ma'am. That'd be perfect. Make sure you give me her contact info, and I would love to have her on my show. And I'm gonna say this: the last thing I'll say is yeah. that if you stay high on life, life is gonna stay high on you. I love it. All right, we're ending. Thank you so much. That's a great note to end on. And um, again, thank you all for listening and sharing the Best Ever You show, and um, and Dr. Sims show too. He's got a, a great radio show, and you can um, go to his website, drwaltersims.com. I'm going to spell that for you. It's D-R-W-A-L-T-E-R-S-I-M-S.com, and you can find all more information about him there. And thank you again, everybody, for listening, and thank you to Dr. Walter Sims for being on our show. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.